millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome. Welcome back. It's nice to be alone again. Isn't it? Kind of is, isn't it? No, Not that we they, didn't. That was the best crack ever. But I feel like we probably. It was hard to get really creeped out by your stories when there's other people. 50 there. people watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to be out in the real world and meet other people. But um, actually, I had a great time after last week's one. I went for a drink and it was. Uh, you weren't heard from for four days. <laughs> No, it wasn't wild. Like it was you just went really, to grind. I was just really tired. Where Several did you go? people were asking where this week's episode was, I, and it was me and Jen two were hours like, long. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I have sixteen <laughs> podcasts now. You're all so demanding. <laughs> oh my god, we are still the first and most important. I should think it's like I adopted fourteen children. And I just like can't One cope more with it needy anymore. Than and they're all yeah. podcast hosts, so they're, they're incredibly needy hosts. and self obsessed. Yeah, do check, and they don't have anyone out. else to listen to them in life. Go <laughs> go check out Tall Tales on Instagram for all these people I'm giving out about. No, they're actually <laughs> lovely. It's just everything's very busy in the world of podcasting right now. Is it now. time to have a, an army of people behind you? Yes, it is. It is. But then in order to do that, we'd have to start charging people to listen to this. And like, I'm just, She's I'm just too tired. Too much What's wrong with right unpaid now? internships? What happened to that thing? I did like four of them. <laughs> Surely it's payback time. You're still doing one at the Sorry, we're on paid internships later, and I'm an unpaid podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's going to do a career podcast called Getting Head with Jen. <laughs> do, yeah. yeah. It's going to be brilliant. And my Patreon Jen is going to be mowing the mic. Okay. What do we have? So we we're discussing who. What we have. What we have. I have like a creep of the week, sort of. Well, I was thinking of, you said that and then I thought to myself. Don't care. I'm doing mine. Is that what you thought? (laughs) Is a creep of the week 
I'm going back to Edison. What? Oh, excellent. Again? Like a follow-up creep. There's no, the so of much animals have died. weird shit that this guy... It's fascinating. Oh my God, is he creep of the century? Yeah. I am. Um, I've taken a really like... 90 degree turn on what I was preparing which was a topical <gasps> same so I've take I was preparing a topical story on Anna Delvey oh yeah yeah that. and it was topical and then something Sorry, happened who, who do you remember she's the like German one who was over in Manhattan scamming hotels and like Indeed, and venture capitalists to back her like fictional art centre so yeah, and and she has she's in court at the moment. She's a court stylist and everything. It's beautiful. Like <gasps> say oh. that again. A court. A court. She's hired a court stylist for a her outfit. Yeah. yeah. How surely she's out of money? I don't know how she's affording these. Oh, things. that court stylist hasn't intern. googled her name. <laughs> the court stylist is just Maybe like she's, taking yeah, bad checks. She's, she's a fucking unpaid, unpaid intern. intern. Yeah. Um, she's like me. Then something happened yesterday. But that is only in the news today. So like a lot of people sent me on this link. Well, come on. A story today. Um, so you have updates. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to give you a clickbait headline for this one. I'm just going to get straight into... Jen thinks you're ready to do Anna Delvey. No, 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 no. no. Okay, I'm not going to do Anna okay. Delvey. I'm going to do a story that is... I wanted to jump on it before you guys did it because it's a totally... It's a me story. It's my story. It's... it's All right. Mine, 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 mine. Okay, so this story is the disappearance of Timothy Pidson. Right. Okay. So Amy... Did you Frank, say he was on the news? Should we be... Da, da, oh. da, 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 is this supposed wait. to ring a bell? I mean, it is if you're up to date with current affairs, Jen. It was in the news today. I listen to things. Um, I read it on BuzzFeed. I listen to things. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was in the Daily Mail. It was on BuzzFeed. It was pretty much, it was in a lot, a lot of places today. So what you're saying is you're being really obvious and basic. <laughs> I actually didn't even come across it. Some people sent it to me. Okay. So I don't, I, no, I do read the news all the time. <laughs> Very newsy. Love the news. Keep going. Um, she so, is a news hound. Yeah. A veritable news Love hound. Love current affairs. Know all about Brexit. Got it. Gotcha. There's a wink there now for anyone I do. Who I could pass see. a test on Brexit right now. If the could you? was Brexit, I could pass it. Absolutely not. I don't, I couldn't Ask even. Ask me any question. What is Brexit? <laughs> Continue Will it ever end, Jen? Yeah. Can you confirm or deny? Will Brexit ever not end? A, not a fortune teller. Not Just know about Brexit. <laughs> okay. I'm in a marriage with Brexit. There's oh, three me? people in my marriage right now. Me, Seb and Brexit. And frankly, I'm delighted. It's yeah. taken some of the pressure off me. I know. Seb is May. just like literally rubbing it out to Brexit every night. I, I feel weird. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You just sorry. called her Imelda May, by the way. I know. I can't stop thinking of her name as Imelda May. Okay. Um, okay I'm going to have to stop the, talking about this because yeah. I'm going to be exposed to being an absolute dipshit and like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, this is all a joke. I'm very knowledgeable. Um, again, I'm winking. So Amy Fry <laughs> pits in winking. and I can't even wink, but they don't know that because it's a podcast. <laughs> I could be whoever I want on the other end of this microphone. I'm a knowledgeable wink. political winker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Winky, go. Right. Amy Fry Pitson and James Pitson met in 2002 at a party. They became a couple and they dated long distance for at least a year. But Amy struggled with depression and she shared this with James. 
However, in 2003, Amy did attempt suicide. She took some pills. She sat on the edge of a cliff and she passed out and fell. But James received, she didn't die. James received a phone call from a hospital in Iowa. And um, Amy was taken into their care and then released into uh, James's care. Jesus Christ, you're really just going in for this now. Yeah. No little ease in. No, because I, I don't, I don't, I like I usually embellish a little bit, but I just. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Couldn't do that today. Okay. I didn't want to say that they got on well and they were, you know, I did, just they couldn't find the information to support my claims. Um, but this, I know, James was sure that with his support and a healthy relationship, Amy's depression could get better. Can I ask, what kind of age are they in 2002? Uh, 20s? I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. I think they could be a little bit older because Amy had been married three times before she met James. And she said that her depression started really after her first divorce. Anyway, James and Amy got married in 2004 and in October of that year, the couple had their first child, Timothy. So they said that things were okay in their relationship um, at the start after Timothy was born. However, it didn't stay that way for long because Amy was fond of lavish spending. They argued an awful lot about money and the fact that Amy would go on these mad luxurious holidays with her friends to like the Bahamas and she really wanted to do her own thing even though they were kind of tied down with a child and they had financial difficulties. I don't know if they had financial like difficulties. Like many a just, man before her. They just, they She's just a pioneer, clearly. I'm proud of her. For, yeah, they didn't yeah. have the money for lavish holidays. Okay, fair that. So things were okay. Um, she was doing self-care. It was all right. Amy sort of threatened divorce but I think they, they stayed together. Then, out of the blue, on the 11th of May 2011, when Timothy was six, James dropped him off to school. But 20 minutes later, at about quarter past eight, Amy picked him up from the school and said that she was taking him on a trip. At 10 a.m. on the 11th of May, Amy dropped off her car. Yeah, uh, James had no knowledge of it. Um, At 10 a.m., Amy dropped off her car at an auto repair shop and... um, Amy and Timmy went off to Brookfield Zoo where they spent the day before her car, before coming back and collecting the car at three o'clock. Then they drove to a place called Keem Line Resort where they spent the night. Um, James went to, where they were planning to spend the night. Earlier that day, James went to pick Timmy up from school, but he was surprised to find out that his wife had picked him up. So I don't know if they were divorced or living in the same house. There's no, I couldn't find any information about them getting divorced, but I know she threatened it. Um, so he had no knowledge of the trip or any family emergency. And uh, he tried to call her multiple times, but kept getting through to her voicemail. So they stayed in Key Lime Cove that night. James still had no idea about their whereabouts and he reported them missing the next day. Hmm. So then Amy and Timmy drove 160 miles to Wisconsin Dells, checking into a place called the Kalahari Resort um, and there's security footage showing them checking in. What age is Timmy again? Six. So later that day, uh, Amy realized that she hadn't packed anything for Timmy and they went out and they bought toys and clothes and she filled up the car with gas. That's the 12th of May. On the 13th of May, 10 a.m., Security footage shows Amy and Timmy leaving the resort together. This is the last security footage of them and last footage of Timothy. Oh, I have so much dread. They drove to, um, they drove 120 miles south to Rockford. And at around 1.30 that day, Amy called her mother and a few other people. 
and she told them that Timmy was fine and they would come home in a couple of days. She called her brother-in-law and she said, Timothy is fine. Timothy belongs to me. Timothy and I will be fine. Timothy is safe. But she did not call James. James was... Had any of them called James? I think they called James to let him know that they they were okay, right? James was baffled by the whole situation. Uh, Could not figure... Oh, so it was his brother that Amy had called. He could not figure out why she would call his brother and not call him. Um, But... Uh, James's brother said that they sounded fairly normal and that Timmy was in the background just saying that he was hungry, but they sounded fine. Um, and some sources say that Timmy actually spoke to relatives on the phone and that he seemed grand. Um, but that's the last time that they were heard for from. So the next sighting then was not until half seven in Winnebago. And um, they were seen at a family dollar store buying stationery. At eight o'clock, security footage shows Amy entering a Sullivan's grocery store, buying food and leaving around six minutes later. Without Timmy. Amy was alone. Hmm. What food did she buy? I don't know. What was she in the mood for, do you think? Chicken? Um, but like, the, like, was she packing? Was she... Was it like, was she stockpiling yeah, food like or was she just goods? buying things? I don't know. I have no idea. Cassie's got... Like no time for our bullshit tonight. No, no, it's, no do you I'm notice just that she really question. <laughs> I know oh, it yeah. is. It is. But I'm just saying her her I'm kind just of powering through here. Yeah, her demeanor <laughs> is like Shut I have no up. time for your bullshit I tonight. I put this. I put this together so quickly. It's like it's the first time I'm reading it as well. It's gripping. <laughs> it's gripping <laughs> stuff. It's really good. So topical. Um, I just I'm really going to get it out there. I'm going to get but this. It's podcast 2011. Out. I'm fine. I'm dying to find out how it's topical. Okay. Okay. At quarter past eleven that night. Amy checked into the Rockford Inn on the 14th of May. A housekeeper enters Amy's room at the Rockford Inn at 12.30 p.m. where they find Amy's lifeless body. She had died by suicide. Very clearly a suicide. Timmy is nowhere to be seen, right? There's no sign that he was with Amy in that room. The clothes and the toys, and bear in mind that in the grocery store the night before, Security footage shows her on her own. Mm. The clothes and the toys she'd bought from him, as well as the backpack, are gone. Missing are the clothes Amy wore when she left the Kalahari Resort and her cell phone. Okay, so she... Right. Okay. On the bed were photos... It's not looking good for Timmy. No. On the bed were photos of Timothy and a note. Very She had written letters to her mother and a friend, but in the note in the room... Amy expressed that Timothy was safe, but that he would never be found. God. Well, that's just oxymoronic. Isn't it? Like he's six. He can't look after himself. In the note to her mother, Amy wrote, I have taken Timothy somewhere safe and he loves you. Please know that there is nothing you could have done or said that would have changed my mind. Hmm. What? Then yesterday... What? A 14-year-old boy <gasps> walked up to authorities <gasps> and said that he is Timothy Pitson. Oh my God, wait, did he have a French accent? This is, I want to I want to put together a list of suspects based on what we know and what we've what previously covered know? this Who podcast. Who is he? What? They're waiting, they're currently waiting, uh, currently awaiting DNA results, right? But basically... Oh my God, what, where, what police station where? Okay, in Newport, Kentucky... 
okay. the teen was spotted. He walked up to authorities. He seemed bruised and dazed. And he said that there's been two men who've been keeping him captivity and he has escaped. He, um, the, the, sorry, he didn't walk up to authorities. He walked up to residents and they called the police. Um, neighbors said that he looked suspicious and then realized that he seemed scared. Uh, when officers arrived, he told them he had run away from the two men who were staying at a red roof inn, but he didn't know where it was. He I was staying at a, a red roofed inn. I don't think that's the name of it. Like it had a red for roof. For how many years? For So he's been missing for, he's been missing for eight, for years? eight years. Oh my God. How big was the case originally? I mean, really big. And okay. there's like, there's like, this was just And there was one never any massive... trace of him found. No. So in 2013, uh, two years after he went missing, they found her cell phone, but there was nothing around it. They never Whoa. found anything else. Um, and yeah, nobody, nobody knew who he wasn't with relatives. I don't know where it was. Um, so they're currently awaiting DNA results to see if this is Timothy. Well, I'm um, sure that's going to happen pretty quick. Yeah, but it's only... Can we Google right now? Well, it's only been in the news today. It only happened yesterday. Google it there just real quick. Since the last time you looked. Wow, that is just such... But like we discussed before... and disturbing story. Again, it would make you think like, it does sound too good to be true. I mean, maybe that's just because every case you've looked at of missing person amazingly coming back has been... Some absolute weirdo it's pretending to be a missing child. It's yes. highly unlikely, isn't it? I like mean, it's more likely for them to be sure. gone dead. Like literally, what was his name again? The French guy, Frederick oh. Bourdain. Literally, Frederick Frederick uh, Bourdain himself. Like, I know he's in his forties now, but I'd say he'd still try for a fourteen-year-old boy. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Defo. He's a YouTube yeah. dad now. Do you remember so, that? Um, yeah, he just said so that no he'd escaped the two, ca- two kidnappers that had been holding him for seven years. He's, he described the captors as two white men in a Ford SUV with Wisconsin plates. Said both of them built like bodybuilders. One had curly black hair and a tattoo of a spider on his cheek. And on the man, cheek? Oh, oh, sorry, on his neck. Well, that's very identifiable. Even still, I mean. Uh, the other man was short and had a snake tattoo on his arms. Um, what were they doing with him? Yeah. How the fuck? Because, like, why would she have left? Why would she have left with her six-year-old with two bodybuilders? Oh, here's a witness. A witness told the police dispatcher that the boy had approached and pleaded for help. He walked up to my car and went, "Can you help me? I just want to get home. Please help me." I asked him what's going on. He tells me he's been kidnapped and he's been traded through these people and just wanted to go home. Traded, implying that. And did he say, like, did he say, my name is Timothy. I've been, I've been away from my dad for eight years. And like, he's self-identifying. He he thinks his mother's still alive. I mean, how would he know she isn't? Oh my God. It's just like. Unless, obviously, the news. God. It's just so weird to go back to those last days where she's got him and like where her head was at like was she deep in a delusion maybe like yeah, I guess. well I think she's I think she was you know I mean clearly she, she had was suffering mental health problems but like was she so like far from who did reality? she choose to give him to I wonder yeah. I don't know but like and what it's state not like, would you be in to give over your 11 year old child oh god six year old child six years old unimaginable oh state unless oh, who knows 
it's no oh. point in speculating here because Jesus. That's what we're here to That's do. That's what we're here to do. But he's, but he, this is an active thing. What if he's. But you know, my initial reaction to hearing that story now was that, that there's no way that's Timothy Pidson. Who, what international con artist is this? Oh my God, yeah. is it? Because basically. Samantha Azupadi doing her best work yet. <laughs> it could be Samantha Azupadi because she passes, she's very young looking. And this is, this is something. And as we know, middle-aged woman still can rock a pubescent boy. But it's just, no it fucking reeks, doubt about it from yeah. behind. Absolutely. It that reeks hair. of, um, that North Face jacket. <laughs> Who cut jeans? It really reeks of, of, of what we've seen both Samantha and Frederick do before where they seek out authorities and they identify themselves Straight as a kidnapped away. or trafficked child mm. in and, and around 14. Picking. And that's, they've, that's the age that Timothy should be. And they've, he, they've said that he's Timothy. Now, I hope that it is actually Timothy, but... Do you think the, this is really sad? But do you think he became too old for whatever horrific ring he found himself. Well, I don't know, but he said he escaped the two men. Yeah, but like the t- t- like maybe they were just like, oh, whatever, go on. I don't know. I don't oh know. Oh my like, God. I sorry. Don't know. But that stuff is so underground that I thought like that he, I think if he was an American, they would have taken him out of America, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, the little I know about human trafficking, I would imagine that they would take them out of their home country and make them harder to find. Yes. You would imagine. Oh God! Okay, this is that amazing. So you can just troubling. update us every week. So I'll, I mean, I'll come back next week if there's an update Google before alert tomorrow. On it? If there's a no, but I will now. If there's an update on tomorrow, I can record it before I put this podcast out. Brilliant! If I get it out tomorrow, I'm very busy. Let's Joking. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You're a busy lady. Uh, well, Jesus, that's real, real topical. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, well, it just I mean, totally like, oh, just I saw that this morning and then was like, holy shit, is it Frederick? Has he, has his passion for international conning been reignited after listening to last week's, <laughs> a week before his creep dive? She obviously did. Yeah. He heard our, you know, stunning homage to his career yeah. and said, it's time to get the band back together. Wait, <laughs> it's just me. Stars and then he flew I'm so disturbed to, by flew all the CCTV to... footage there that you're talking about. Uh, there is something really oh, awful about that. You know, when you go on a creep dive and you find yourself watching or listening to. Oh, she had to... also, so Amy had done the trip previously. They could tell by like the toll tag in her car that she had traveled up to the inn and like. Like on a recce. Yeah. Yeah, or to meet with people. Previously. Maybe, I don't know. Oh my God. Oh, but who so, would these yeah. people be that she... Child traffickers. Like, I mean, who the hell else? But why would be? you give your children over and how did she make contact with them? Well, and how did we not they, have that information? But it's not like she even... She, there was no money involved. She was she she just killed herself directly after. And she no, said exactly. he was safe. Yeah. That's the thing. He said, she said he what was... What I'm like looking. thinking is, had she fallen under the sway of like some enigmatic but charismatic kind of culty guru yeah interesting who d- who kind her of she was brainwashed her said was that timothy was him. better off mm. with them and yeah. that he, they'd keep him safe and Scientology. i don't know like i'm literally going like that's yeah, that's the most reasonable thing i can think that of is, is that she was completely deprogrammed and had fallen yeah, under the sway of this is, person is, but I then like neck tattoos your... don't scream 
like enigmatic. But also, did me. he not say neck maybe tattoos I'm being, and snake tattoos? I know I'm being are, prejudiced against tattoos. Yeah, but it's snake I have tattoos, tattoos. I'm allowed neck tattoos. Big buff burly men are like typical, very very stereotypical descriptions Why? of captors. Mm. Big so burly it, evil men with yeah. short black hair mm. and big tattoos, and they're scary Cassie's looking just mobsters. Got the creep dive goggles on, and I've she's just, refusing yeah. to believe. Get so on board. Cynical. It's like, is it? <laughs> yeah, you're right. And it, it even sounds... the whole tone of delivery there was just like jaded to fuck. It's just like, <laughs> it's, like did you know it's you? Um, um, but God help any child that ever comes up to me and says that they're <laughs> they're a lost child. <gasps> you know, I found a lost child once. What? Yeah. Like. What? Yeah. He just got lost in the ski resort that I used to live in. Ah. And I came into possession of him quite unwillingly, believe me. How it long totally wrecked my day. For? Like about four hours. Oh, okay. Like not eight years. Not, not the eight years. What happened? Or we might be doing a bit different podcast. Did the now. police get caught? Like at what point did the. Pol- well, yeah. I mean. I just called the tourist office and told them to like put the alert out. Yeah, and they were I a just family. What had age them was the kid? In my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. But actually, that's weird. the appropriate thing to do. He was like about sort of, I actually probably about, it's so weird, you know, when you don't have kids, you can't age them. And even now I can only age them up against the my age own kids. Up uh, to yeah. The age. yeah. I think he actually was about five though, or five or six. Well able to tell you who he was and all that kind of stuff. Mm, no, like just first and Jack and our mama and dad. That's younger stuff. Five year old can have could be a could be a guest on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <gasps> Imagine if we no. Um anyway. I went look. missing once in the square tala and um like I got lost. I was with my granny and my granddad and my granny allowed me to remain lost, went off and did her shopping and then came and looked for me. That's See, my mum. Because in the square tower, right they there. used to just stick you into the kids' right. crash yeah. when you were lost with you all were. the other lost children. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you, Cassie. Very excited for an update here. Yeah, I can't wait I'm for the update. I'm not going to look into any of this. I'm just going to wait for you I'm, to like, tell it's me. Actually, it's actually, it's fun that it's like breaking, you know? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's kind been very like fun. Today. I mean, and maybe let's I'm tone down the, cover, the, the jubilant you, language there. You've mentioned doing this um, the the big story you've no, mentioned. No, she doesn't want to talk about oh, that. For fuck's sake. What? The Does, radio guy. When are you going to do that? Oh, the disappearance of Philip Carnes. That's a different podcast, Jen. But where, where is it? It's being worked on. It's a huge story. <sighs> okay, sorry. No chance just want to swing it into the creep dive. What I will say about it is... If anybody has any information about the disappearance <laughs> of Philip Carnes, please do get in touch. But I have spoken to a lot of people around Rathfarnham. It's it's an interesting one because I'm from Knockline, so exactly. it's, it's a an interesting story. But I have spoken to a lot of people off mic who have theories, and a lot of parents who um have have uh, very strong theories who would have been who would have who known the area and known a lot of the adults at the time. Okay, sorry, totally. It's uh, mad. It's absolutely mad. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear more about that. I'll be tuning into your podcast. It'll be out. Probably later this year. <laughs> Have you got another harshness? This is harsh. Oh, God. 
go okay, on. let's go. Uh, this was another, you know, you were saying you took like a sharp 90 degree turn out of your original story. Yeah. So did I this week. I like, we're, we're really responsive creeps, you know, when a creep emerges, we're on it. Yeah. Like if I get the scent of another creep over westerly, mm. I'm, I'm there then. And this is over. I went very light um, <laughs> uh, this week in terms of there was no darkness in my creeps. Oh, that's good. Okay, so we need you. Okay. We need you. Okay, so what happened was um, uh, one of our listeners um, suggested that I look into the Max Headroom incident. Yes, which, they did. Mm, Sorry. Like any yeah. good creep. I didn't I understand did. what that meant. Well, neither did I, so I was really intrigued. Max. So then Headroom. Yeah. So remember Max Headroom was no. a character. Oh, I thought, geez, this is how fuck this is where I went with it. You were picturing Max Maximum Headroom. The, headroom. The that's exactly what I did as well. But like, that's what tell the, me a story that's what about the character is called after. Oh, right. I see. Yeah. Um, so, but don't get too now, don't get too invested in Max Headroom because I am about to take a sharp 180 out of here. So I, I went down the creep of Max Headroom incident and no offence to our listener. I did really enjoy it and it did le- lead me in some interesting directions. I just decided you're not to pursue her. it. I'm offending That's her. That's an offensive thing. You're Basically, the Max Headroom incident was all about like these kind of pranksters in the 80s like interrupted the TV transmission. So they interrupted like the live television programming to bring you a message from Max Headroom. I'm doing air quotes on a podcast, which is useless. Is it like uh, who's that internet um, group with the face anonymous. anonymous yeah yeah but like with less agenda okay. and point like as in the max headroom was purely for fun and lols and pranks and like it's a bit of a creepy clip all right i'll give it that but what it did get me thinking because like, the thing was you see there wasn't a lot like i tried to find out more about who had been behind it and things like that and there wasn't a lot there well maybe which sheen is, might know more than well maybe and maybe i actually was really just like missing something vital because um yeah because i'm i'm totally liable to do that but what it did get me thinking about and googling was the like weirdest or wildest things that have ever happened on live tv which brought <gasps> me to a great listicle of uh, which I enjoyed very much, but it reminded me of this f- not enjoyable story. You're one putting the putting the putting Don't. the bottle up on Big Brother. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? Oh my god! What was her name again? Kenga. No, you're one putting the kebab up her. No, no, it no, was no, a wine, wine bottle. bottle. <gasps> she didn't, did she brother. put it on her, or did she no, no. sit onto she it? Sat, well, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, she lowered herself onto it. <sighs> oh yeah. my god! I didn't know. Live TV. That. Sorry. On ITV, oh, Channel Four, Guy TV. What? Yeah. How, what led up to that? Um, just I loads think of she drink. was just like, just just do you want drink. to see me put this wine bottle in yeah, my fanny? Like, it was, I think it was, and everyone was like, well, "Okay, I, yeah, sure, yeah." Think, well, who's going to discourage that? Anyway, sorry, I'm sure your list is a wine darker. connoisseur. There's probably. loads of dark <laughs> things that have happened on live TV. Are you, what are you going to tell the journalist? Uh huh. <laughs> Okay, I'm trying to decide. Too much darkness. It's too much darkness. No, no, I have no, something on. to kind of. I don't have anything to lighten this. Tell us about okay. Christine. Okay, Christine. Right. So in the mid seventies, she was a broadcaster, um, on a TV station called <laughs> WXLT TV. I'm sorry. It's just like they should have come up with a better name for it. Local. Welcome local back to station. WXLT TV. They always stood for things. Yeah, it always stands for things. And it's just basically it was in Cleveland, Ohio. So and 
uh, Christine was like really like on the up in her career. She was in her late 20s. She'd, you know, done university. She'd done all the kind of like, you know, she'd had a bit of like taking time out doing a couple of years in a cable TV station in Florida. She'd worked her way up a bit. And anyway, she'd landed this gig. That was like her dream gig. It was a TV show that she was the presenter of called Suncoast Digest. Another catchy name. Well, I mean, it's Suncoast Digest. It's basically the This Morning of Cleveland, Ohio was it on in, in the, the mid seventies, yeah, and it's like a morning talk show with talking heads and guests, and like it's light, yeah, like it fluffy is mm. fluffy stuff. Um, so anyway, on the morning of the fifteenth of July, nineteen seventy four, um, Christine Schubach, right before they started to air, told her production team that she actually had to read a newscast. It, to open that morning's Suncast, Suncoast Digest. And so this was like absolutely not done, but it was all, it all took place in the same studio that they recorded the nightly news. So they did have the news desk over in the corner of a studio. So if you can picture, like Christine went over to sit behind the newscaster's desk while literally her first guest of the morning was sitting on the couch. I mean, you can picture it. It's like probably some kind of pseudo living room set up mm-hmm. with some fake windows overlooking a moderately sunny day yeah, in Cleveland, yeah. Ohio in the uh, mid 70s. Upbeat. upbeat. So they started um, the um, the broadcast and uh, Christine Chubak sat at the desk and she covered three national news stories. And then she also reported on a shooting from the previous day that had happened in a local restaurant. Um, they also played a film reel of the aftermath of some of that witnesses, you know, uh, describing the shooting. And there was a kind of a, some kind of technical glitch and it wouldn't run. So then Christine Chubak um, addressed the camera and said the following, in keeping with Channel 40's policy of bringing you the latest in blood and guts and in living colour, you were about to see another first, an attempted suicide. And then she drew a Smith & Wesson Model 36 revolver and shot herself in the head. Why did she say attempted? Yeah. yeah. She fell forward and like rapidly the director like cut to black pandemonium to pandemonium in the studio obviously and soon they like immediately put on a movie what? excuse me what, mo- what? what movie i don't know what movie yeah. <laughs> i don't know actually i think it was no no i actually like, don't what know what a fucking mad moment what would you why wouldn't you just cut well st- some viewers at home like rang the police yeah, and described course. what they had just seen yeah like i can't even because like we're now living in the age where we are watching like real-time events on Twitter, like we're watching riots and terrorist attacks on people's phones from on the ground. Like television was such a completely like sort of sacrosanct medium back then. Like that was untouchable. Like normal people weren't on television and things like that. Do you know that kind of way? Like it just, 
like, and it was at such a remove from the reality of your living room that to then see something like that happen in the middle of the morning. I Wild. mean, because the thing is now as well, like even in this country, like, I don't know if you ever remember the man who like sort of like stage dived the late, late a few years ago oh, and like yeah. went off on one at Pat Kenny, which like basically just living every one of our dreams, yeah. like then and there. No, and I love nothing more than when someone storms the stage of the Rose of Tralee. Like. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just great. <laughs> it's part of the show now, really. <laughs> but like, I just, I can't really, I just feel like you really have to put yourself there in the mid seventies and be like, television was inaccessible to the public. It was just this complete, like, I don't know. Like, so why? What had Christine all so, pissed off? So after the shooting, um, the director of um, Suncoast Digest found the script that she had been reading from. So obviously she always scripted her segments anyway, like yeah. as a reporter. And um, he discovered that not only did her news script appear on these pages, but also, and right up to what she read out in the moments before she took her own life. So she had scripted. She had typed out, you know. Yeah. So completely premeditated. You were going to see another first. This was completely planned. And um, she then had also continued the script on beyond that, but in a third person account. Mm. So it was to be read by whichever staff member took over the broadcast after the incident. So... He said her script called for her condition to be listed as critical. So she'd written something like, this is Mike Simmons, the news director, recalling it later. She'd written something like, TV40 news personality Christine Chubeck shot herself in a live broadcast this morning on a Channel 40 talk program. She was rushed to Sarasota Memorial Hospital where she remains in a critical condition. And interestingly, this played out. she did live for another 14 hours then she died and um they obviously I think this is a weird move but they actually released her own script to the other like news stations and you know a piece of news yeah and like basically I think it was like okay like they kind of copy pasted as it were they were like this is what's happened. She's written it. It's accurate. Oh my God. It's weird, isn't it? Okay, so take us back a little bit. Why did she do this? Okay. I mean, I think actually, like, because the why of taking your own life, like, is never, like, because there is never really an understandable, not something that people can There's not really, going to be a sequence of events that you're going to be like, that makes sense. Nothing makes sense, exactly. Yeah. And like you're, I think when you're looking at somebody in that situation, you're just dealing with somebody who is so compromised by their illness, their mental illness, that trying to understand exactly, as you say, a sequence of events almost, almost kind of like is reductive. Mm. towards yeah no I completely agree their illness that they suffer true I don't know and I'm saying this as somebody who has had suicidal periods myself yeah we're looking at something that's illogical for sort of logical steps as to why it happened and there are none yeah but that's I think she was there was some but there was work related issues and she was wasn't there yeah I mean I from reading about her felt that 
you know, yes, yeah, she had um, d- episodes of depression. The thing is as well, I really feel like whenever we discuss stuff like this and not to like not discuss them because I think it's good to, but like I hate to say they're like, you know, she had depressive episodes. I have depressive episodes. You know, you don't necessarily do the same things that this other person will do. I kind of just want to get that said. Or like, you know, when even we say like, say somebody who's committed a crime and we know that they're like really troubled, they're like mentally ill and like, I know you can't say it every single time, but you want to be like clearly not like not all hashtag not all schizophrenics, hashtag not all depressives, hashtag not all, you know, bipolar people and things like that. Anyway, I don't know. I'm getting myself tied up in knots here. Listen, she was she was clearly a talent as well. Like, you know, like she did so well in her career. She was a woman in the 70s. Was she frustrated by the push on gore and... That was being kind of prioritised. Yeah. Yeah, because that is an interesting um, line there, the blood and guts and the kind of in living colour. And like maybe she felt like that the the emphasis on like salacious topics was frustrating her because of like her journalism. The film focuses on that and the film does reduce it all. Well, you see, the film film has to because, you know, it's a film. Totally. And I think the film's good. Like, and Rebecca Hall is really good. So it is just mad that it's just like forced portraits always. Like she was really uh, close Christine, to her family, for example. Like when I yeah. was reading about her, you know, I think you often expect like there to be a lot of interpersonal relationship issues. But like she was very close to her brothers, her mother. When she was growing up in high school she and in college and stuff, she was kind of like, I think her sort of perception of herself was that she was a bit of an outsider and mm. she had set up a tongue-in-cheek kind of group called the Dateless Wonders Knitting Club, which basically me and Cassie could be in. Founding members. <laughs> Founding members. We're not dateless, but, not, but yes, you have that vibe. We have that vibe. We're not dateless. <laughs> no, you're but, just knitters. <laughs> but in my teenage years. Um, Why do you look like that, Cassie? I don't know, this is just my natural state. She's just extremely jaded over there. This is just my normal face. So then anyway, so like she did well in college. She studied broadcasting. Like she volunteered at Sarasota Memorial Hospital where she eventually was treated and died. She gave puppet shows to children with intellectual disabilities. She was creative, clearly. She sometimes incorporated the homemade puppets into her um, TV show, her talk show. I don't know, no comment, you know. What became, so what became of the talk show after? Like so, what does a news channel do when something like that happens? Who replaces her? Is that possible? Is, it's, it's an interesting one because it's not the first, well, it's, I don't know if it's the first, but like it's not the only time. It is the first. It the actually first. is the first. But it's not the definite. only time that someone has died by suicide on live TV. There's, there, there's, Actually, I think even in recent years, there's been now that li- I suppose not necessarily live TV, but live broadcast is so accessible to many people. There have been countless stories of people dying on Facebook lives or yeah, Instagram yeah. lives. And they, they like clearly, I think they do a reasonable job to get them down, like to scramble to mm, get them down. Yeah, reasonable enough. But, but yeah, mean, no, it's it's definitely happened. Like for a little more on Christina, like... Obviously, as we say, she did have episodes of depression and she had a previous attempt on her own life uh, in the early 70s. 
um, she was seeing a psychiatrist up just like right before her death. And um, I suppose like another probably contributing factor was that like all of this was very cloak and dagger because it's the 70s. She's already kind of a woman in media and presumably coming up against like gross misogyny at every hand's turn. And then also a double air of stigma of being a person who suffers from mental health issues. She was just like, no, thanks. Um, I think that she, there's a lot of emphasis put on the fact that she didn't have like a long-term relationship. She'd also had an operation the previous year to remove one of her ovaries. And like, yeah. I mean, a there's lot a lot of, of things, things that you could, if you could point to and, yeah, when you're looking for a reason, but That's I it. mean, she obviously went into it. She was just in a very unwell place and not being supported or not didn't have access to the supports that she needed. Mm. Yeah. And I think as well, like, I don't know, I suppose like in the States with just being able to get a gun. Like, yeah, I know to have that thought and then be like, oh, cool, my mind. there's a gun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because for so much, like when you're in that kind of state, it's like, it's a matter of like, just trying to hold on, like, and just like, imagine if it was all that accessible. It's lethal. It's fucking yeah. terrifying. Mm. Anyway, there was one tiny um, hint of what was to come a week before her suicide. So this is how premeditated it actually was. Um, she told the news editor that she had bought a gun and joked about killing herself on air. And he later stated that he thought that was just a sick joke. Obviously. And yeah. changed the subject. Um, so the funeral um, was held on a beach. Her ashes were scattered. There is actually um, a line from the eulogy that I thought was kind of, amazing um, by the, the minister. He said um, at the start of her eulogy, we suffer at our sense of loss. We are frightened by her rage. We are guilty in the face of her rejection. We are hurt by her choice of isolation and we are confused by her message. I don't know. I that yeah, was like very profound. Profound for a minister. Yeah. I mean, maybe it a little bit lays a bit at her door a bit, but... Well... I see. I don't know. Anyway, um, the Suncoast Digest, as you were very concerned, it did actually stay on the air, which fucking baffles me. They never even changed the name. They just got a new host. Well, it's utterly bizarre. Like, surely just do a quick rebrand. Yeah, even just to change your shitty name. Did they fucking wipe down the set? No. God. Must have been weird to go back into work. Imagine being the cameraman. Oh, yeah. Do you know? I think like, that of all the people I would least like to have been him or her during that I time. I know. Like imagine filming that and just being like, do what? What the? F oh my God. Like you just wouldn't know what you were seeing. No. I'd say for mm. a good few minutes. Not. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know if you've ever been so shocked by something? That's what was happening. Like your body there was a almost starts responding before your brain starts responding. Have you ever had that happen? Do you, in that foot, there's no, there's obviously the studio is full of people. So she took, it all happened presumably very, very quickly. quickly. Yeah. So there was nobody else was like, like running in or had the opportunity to no. do anything. Oh, I would say there was just this kind of frozen, frozen moment of yeah. like, Mad. are we even seeing this? What are we seeing? Mm. One of the like fucking most horrible things that the station director said after the event, about three years later, he said the crux of the situation was that she was a 29 year old girl who wanted to be married and who wasn't. Give me a fucking oh, I know. I mean, you're just like fucking hell. I mean, 
Christina, you poor bitch. Like, yeah. the 70s must have been a fucker. Uh, thanks for that. Was really Wait, uh, dark. The, with the footage, <laughs> yeah. What is the story with the footage? Is it there? I love the way you're like. Oh, it yeah, does that. Exist, that was like it? the first thing. I mean, yeah. no, I didn't like immediately, but I was like, I wonder. But it has never been seen, and right. I think this okay, is grand. really amazing. Yeah, that it was never seen, and that for years there was only theories about what had happened to the footage. And so one theory was that the station owner, not that Dick, the director who just said that thing, but the actual owner of the station had kept it, and that after he died, his widow had completely guarded it. And it transpired that this was true. Um, in June of 2016, it was confirmed that the footage does still exist. Why not destroy it? And that it? they had held on to it for decades. Why? And had now, all they would say that it had been handed over to a very law, large law, for, law firm for safekeeping. Why keep that? I wonder, would it be for some legal, legal reason? reasons? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe if there was some kind of posthumous, because you can, in the States, you can sue after someone's dead. So her family could have taken a lawsuit against the... Maybe it was just like safeguarding. Like, yeah. But it did go, it did go out live. Yeah. Which is interesting because like in radio and TV, there is supposed to be a delay. Yeah, I wonder There's in the like 70s a, was that was not that as thing? Would it just go yet? straight out live? It definitely aired broadcast into living rooms because viewers reacted but also like I can just imagine say the panic of trying to get say the camera off for example like I've never operated a tv camera but like studio tv cameras are massive I don't mm. know like is there was the guy just going yeah fucking hell fucking well, they're I can't massive even because they just used to be tape like they're not there's still just a stop button you know well yeah I know but I guess maybe the shock of seeing something like that yeah, just yeah. like delayed his responses and stuff like Jesus, he probably went so straight into traumatic. shock yeah um I don't know how to wrap that up in any decent way except that that list that I came to this story from on the list that's is, a little less well that's dark. it there was like something like the 25 wildest things that have ever happened on live tv and I felt whoever compiled this list their sensibilities have been somewhat dumbed down by the internet age. So they were literally ranking things like this alongside uh, Janet Jackson's, Jackson's nip slip. Oh, that was off. live. And the time Britney Spears and Madonna scored. So they just was neglected all on to the talk same about your one as this. It was a wine bottle. I mean, that should have been on the list. That wasn't on the list. Stupid. Um, okay, I'm sorry that I did that to all of us. No. Although it definitely it was very like, interesting. It yeah. is very interesting, and I do. It's fucking really sad. It I just is think incredibly sad. I think it speaks a lot as well about say where, like the whole mental health conversation was at not that long ago. Also, just where women were at in the seventies and stuff, like that. That guy would think that that was. Do you know what I mean? That was the reason mm. that like a really intelligent, really creative, bright woman would do something like that. I don't know. Anyway, Jen, please, God, help well, us. Uh, like we said before, I wanted to bring you into Thomas Edison, but it, I feel nothing. It needs to be lighter than that. Will I tell you about that? 
I can, I mean. It's not dark. It's, well, here's the buzz. Uh, if it's bashing a man, yeah, I'm in for it. Uh, <laughs> That'll cheer me up. Is there another it's not really, dead it's just animal? weird. No, no, no deadness. No dead people except Thomas Edison. And this is the story of his, how his last breath ended up in a shoe, in a, uh, what do you call those things? Test tube. I definitely want to hear this. Thank right. God. Well, Thank God for Jen. Did you know loads of shit happened around <laughs> the year 18, in the 1890s? Basically, Tesla and Edison, right? Oh my God. As we yeah. know, at war. Having the best beef like of like all your, time. your history special topic now for it's the leaving search. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> all of this shit happened at the same time. Well, at the same time as this other guy. Oh yeah. Ford. Ring a bell? Henry. <gasps> Henry. Correct. Oh. The inventor of the automobile. Or automobile. Automobile. Um, <laughs> I love Henry Ford because of that quote when he said, if you asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. That's a great quote. <laughs> well, is Henry, it? you might not. Well, look, Henry Ford was a nice guy. It feels good no to smile again. I'm, I'm just enjoying that. dishing out another true crime podcast. Yeah. I think of that quote. <laughs> Okay, you, you like him. He's accepted as being a nice guy. But He's he fucking loved Thomas Edison. And they, like, they were, they were, they, this was all happening at the same time, right? So Henry Ford loved Thomas Edison, grew up in a farm without electricity. Obviously, no one allowed electricity and followed Edison's uh, meteoric career as the, as the inventor rose to become a national icon. So at the time, Edison had his company up and running. Making all the light bulbs and shit. Mm -hmm. Thomas Edison did loads of stuff. He basically was, again, he was the original. Do you remember Netflix, what it originally was? DVD rental. Exactly. So. Thomas Edison invented DVDs. No. The system of rentalness. Really? So Thomas Edison invented the, uh, what do you call the thing uh, with the noisemaker and the spinning uh, th- you know gramophone. the gramophone. gramophone yeah so he invented this kind of and what he was what he did then was he records he leased people basically music mm. to play on this on their gramophone but, and he would give you a set of lots of different music and DJ you would Edison. you would keep two and pass the rest along and then amongst a smallish community they were, would all get a go. So it was this sort of rental. Mm. Anyway, he, he, look, from it's kind of, it's a convoluted time because of like he, people obviously, he did a lot of It was like what shit. was happening over in Ireland with a small potato, basically. Really? Huh? And people would give you something to plant? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Wasn't it around then? There was, were we having a famine when Edison was like, 1890s? Would that be around famine time? I'm not, we should know that. That's something we should fucking know. 300 years of oppression. Is that something to do with this? Oh, God. Oh Get God. back into Thomas right. Edison. Never, I never had a thing. Back into Henry Ford. Thank right? you. Yeah. Love Thomas Edison. And uh, started working. He took a job at the Edison Illuminating Company. Right? And he worked his way up to chief engineer. Oh. Uh, Jen, no. What? The famine was... That, sorry. Not Sophie, no. Sophie, no. Sophie, no. Thank 1845 you. to 1849. Oh, oh it's God. not too far. This is just after. My ignorance is shocking. Hold on. This is right century. I mean, that's I mean, something it's to be 18 said something. Back, back here we go. Okay. So what year are we? 1896. Ford was 33. And though still working for Edison, the Edison company, he created his first experimental automobile. The Ford Quadricycle. Very cool. Amazing. 
He did created this during his time off, mind you. Anyway, he had a chance to meet his hero, Edison, by which time he explained this. He kind of said, look, this is what I'm I've working on. i this thing. And Edison was very <laughs> impressed. He is said to have slammed his fist down and shouted, young man, that is the thing. You have it. Your car is self-contained and carries its own power plant. You know, I mean, it sounds yeah. exciting. Uh, so, <laughs> so obviously Henry Ford continued on. And these guys went on to be very, very good friends. They bought houses together. Obviously, Henry Ford went on to create the automobile, became incredibly successful. Uh, obviously, so was Edison. They're both massively wealthy. It sounded from my reading like Henry Ford might have had a major horn horn for Edison. Yeah. Like in a serious that. way. Like it's pressing against his pants. So much so. Yeah. That when Edison was really old and ended up in a wheelchair, Henry Ford created two kind of uh, mobilized wheelchairs that they would race together in. I was picturing Henry Ford wheeling Edison, pressing his boner into the back of the wheelchair. No doubt that happens, folks. Okay. Just in the fold in the back of his neck. <laughs> and um, That's a real high up dick he's got. Well, you know, it was back then. Things or a were low different. wheelchair. He fashioned a special low wheelchair so that he could rest his erection on <laughs> Edison's shoulder. So these guys were hanging out with the cream of the crop of that age. Delicious. So uh, apparently they would go on camping trips together along with botanist Luther Burbank, creator of russet Burbank potato. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, He's big Harvey in Firestone of Firestone Tires. Oh no shit. <laughs> and occasionally President Harding. Uh, there's a story that on one of these camping the trips, lads. the men got into an accident on the way back. A farmer pulled the car from the mud with his old Model T. That's Henry oh. Ford's Model T. Uh, starting with uh, blah, blah, blah. What are you saying? The man then said, anyway, they all started introducing themselves to the farmer as the man who invented the tractor, the man who made those tires, the man who invented the light bulb. Obnoxious. And the president of the United it States. It sounds like the worst stag ever. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> we've met these lads in Carrigan Shannon the and best. they're... Just fucking nightmare. The oh. farmer points at the botanist and goes, and who the fuck is this? Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, they're all great men and everything's grand. So Edison was <sighs> looking like he was going to die. And Henry Ford was devo. And he asked uh, Edison's son, he gave Edison's son a test tube and asked him to collect his final breath in this test tube. And Thomas Edison's son was like, <sighs> okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. And uh, like they were both fascinated by science and this idea that maybe there was some kind of way to oh, carry on living. Oh, just long enough Trying we can recreate ourselves. And, yeah. <laughs> like Not impressed. Can, Is this just the male heaviness of this story? Oh, I just rolled I just, my eyes yeah. so far back. Anyway, <laughs> so 12 te open also, test Also, can tubes. I just say, like, I, like that's the most annoying job to give somebody who's at a deathbed. Yeah. Because... Those breaths slow right down. Yeah. And like, when you're the right never moment? sure which, because you're like, was that it? Uh, uh, Am I wrong? So and then like you're like, you go to stand oh, no. up and then like emptying it out again and being like, no, yeah. there's one more. Oh, there's Just, another one coming. Uh, uh, one but also, more. like, and why you could be would at you that as his, That's your dad. You're like, who the fuck? This guy, weird guy, Henry. Yeah. He's been like, oh, pressing his boner mm. into yeah. dad's. Yeah. So anyway, your man died. Thomas Edison died in the room and these 12 test tubes were sealed 
during the time of his death. <laughs> one more, one, one, oh, one more. Twelve there. of them, and uh, and anyway, the time passed, and the Ford Museum was there, and someone was going rummaging around through the old boxes and what rolled out of one of Henry Ford's old shoes, but a test tube <laughs> marked Thomas uh, Edison's last breath, and then the story. <laughs> came to be and that's the end of the story (laughs) isn't that so weird that is so hilarious he never even did anything with them no 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 what could he do with it only for he to test for an ulcer up and down his body sleeping with it under his pillow speaking to it bringing it to parties as it keeps bringing it to parties would be really good what else Um, I think you could open it in the face of your enemy. Yeah. And like kind of like, you know, shake it on them and be like, ha ha. <laughs> Edison cooties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, there's loads in this time. I know like you're rolling your eyes, but I think I it's very that. interesting. It's so weird. Plus a lot of these inventions, you know, these fuckers, like Thomas Edison, I would be surprised if he was actually the inventor of all of these things. Absolutely. Like by the time he was so big from the light bulb, like he was just claiming everything. See that there? I did that. People also talk about what a fucking huge prick he was. If yeah. that's going to give you any, um, of all the animal killings as well. Plus, if you go to look up Tesla now, you're just stuck with Elon Musk. Who, yeah, another man who's going to save, save I, us all. Tesla has a real... Come hither, look. Doesn't he? Very handsome man. Very handsome man. You know, he got fucked over by Edison. I really enjoy their beef. Um, it's one of my I'm favorite come science back to you beefs. With more beef on that. Thanks for coming back and listening. And thanks to everyone who came to the shows. Thanks yeah. to everyone who came to the shows. It was that a lot was of fun. Freaking awesome. And really sorry Lovely about to see in calling the those people sexy children. I'd just like to retract that. I'm sorry about that. Sorry to anybody we offended in the flesh. There were many. I look, would say these things happen. Okay, follow us at The Creep Dive on Instagram. Follow at Tall Tales Podcasts for the rest of the Tall Tales family. There are many now. And many see children. you in so, the some future. Better than others. Who's your favourite? Um, who's Who do you my favourite podcast? Uh, Alan McGuire and Sarah Griffith. Fuck you, Cassie. Stop fellating them through the medium of pod. It is disgusting. I love them. Bye. 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 <laughs>
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.